we have to get out of the mindset of what I'm billing is for my time. It's not for your yeah. time. It's for what you're able to produce for them in that period of time. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another guest interview here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and today we have somebody special. Um, for those female audience listeners, you're going to absolutely love this person. And for our male audience lis- listeners, you're going to love this person. We'll take the absolutely out because she focuses on women. That's her brand, but she still works with men. Um, and honestly, our brains work differently males, females, but at the end of the day, we're both human. And I think that the human side of what we're going to talk about today is going to be relevant to everybody. So if you're male or female, tune in. If you're neither of those, then I don't know, maybe don't listen. Um, Now, these days, I cannot joke like that. Okay. So Let's jump in. Amira Alvarez is our guest, and Amira is the founder and CEO of The Unstoppable Woman, a business coaching and training company that equips ambitious, driven, high-performing female entrepreneurs to tap into their feminine energy to create a more fulfilled and satisfying life and business. Amira is proud to have helped thousands of women and a goodly number of men too. So there, I want to put that disclaimer in for her. Confidently break free of limitations and be unstoppable in pursuit of a life they are elated to live. When she's not helping others, she's continuing to say yes to her own growth and stays 100% committed to being unstoppable in her own life and business. Amira, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's my absolute pleasure. And um, I, I love what you do. And I love how clear you are on who you do it for. Uh, But our audience, many listeners have not heard of you, don't know who you are, or at least I hadn't heard of you and don't know who you are or didn't. Um, And I would love for you to just take a moment and give us the backstory. How in the world did you end up here uh, helping other people to get past their own limitations? Yeah, such a good question. So obviously there's always like a long backstory, right? We, we have a, a life that leads us to places. And I think I, I very naturally followed the breadcrumbs of desire. Like I just kept taking the next step and the next step. And one of the things that happened was I went from corporate to running my own business and I had to learn how to run a, a business as a solo entrepreneur. And I, I did lots of things like work with coaches like yourself and, and others to, to really up my skill set and really figure out what I was doing. And I, I ended up being quite successful in that pursuit. And then I moved, I had a brick and mortar um, type of business and I moved across the country and I had to decide whether I was going to open a similar business or do something else. And 
I decided that I was going to pursue this coaching thing because so many of the women that I was in this program, these different coaching programs with, were looking at me going, how are you being so successful? What are you doing? They were asking me for advice and help. And I loved doing that. So that's, that was the original like access into coaching and that lane. But then there was, and I did that for a few years, about three years. And I was working my patootie off as I imagine most of your clients have felt this, right? Like you're working 12 hour days, 14 hour days. And I had reached kind of the limit of where hard work as a tactic, as the strategy to getting ahead was getting me. And my, my husband called upstairs and said, Hey baby, dinner's ready. And I said, great. I'll be right back. I'll be right down. Like, I just want to get one more thing done. An hour later, I was still working. I was like, okay, this, this doesn't work. This is unsustainable. So I, I looked at studying success and I studied, I had these tactics, but I didn't have the mindset for success. I, I, I had the hard work, had the, the, the business model, I had the, the doing the right thing in the world, right? I was a good human, but I wasn't getting ahead. And I realized that I had to learn how to think successfully, think differently. And that year I studied what successful people do. I had a really good mentor. I changed who I was being and I five times my income in one year. So I went from making 138K to making 700K in one year. And I kind of blew my mind. I was like, how is that? How did I do that? And that really is what launched this, this next phase of the business, which was what is it that stops people from actualizing what they know they're capable of, but they keep playing at the same level. And that works at every level. You know, we're, we have a multi-million dollar business now. I'm still working on my, my own stuff. So it, it, it never, it doesn't stop but the game gets a, a little bit more complicated or interesting as you go for it. Okay. Um, that is a, a great backstory and lead into where we can start our conversation. So let's start right here. Um, what did you figure out? What did you learn? What is the thing that keeps people stuck at one level and unable to move forward to the next level? Yeah. So there are many things I, I, I'm not going to um, talk down to you or any of your listeners and say, it's just this one, one thing. But if I had to choose the, the thing that makes up the majority of, of what causes really smart, really driven, ambitious people to, to play at the same level, it's this concept of identity and self-image. So two words for the same thing, how we see ourselves, the image that we have of ourselves, the, the beliefs that we hold about ourselves. And I, for instance, and I think this will resonate with a lot of your listeners, I grew up in a solidly middle-class, upper-middle-class family where I was taught, do well in school, dot your I's, cross your T's, work really hard, get good grades, and you'll get success. Because not only did I get affirmation at home for getting good grades. So I got the love, the safety, the belonging from my family, 
but I got the kudos from the teachers and the, 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 the dopamine hit from the, the good grade. So I was trained that this, my belief about myself was I succeed if I do really good work. Now, that's not not true. Okay. They're doing really good work is super important. We want to show up and act with excellence. But if that's the only conception of how I think I'm going to succeed, I am going to put all my effort into that kind of work in my business, rather than in things that I don't know whether I'm good at it or not yet. Okay. So for instance, sales, marketing. I didn't know if I was good at that or not, but I had to, I had to learn how to do that. I knew I was good at the, for, for your audience, it's, it's the legal, it's the lying, right? But I didn't know if I was going to be good at this other stuff, the business building stuff. I had to learn a lot about that and risk failure, like throw myself in the ring, put myself on the field of play. And when I did that, then all those other things that I was like, there are many, many, many other things came into play. I had to learn how to think successfully, which means thinking like someone who's already done it. And, and then things started happening, clicking into place. So I, I want to dive into how does somebody think successfully? So let's just put a pin on that question for a moment. I just want to give some feedback, some thoughts on, on what you've shared so far. What you're telling us is that we need to change the way that we that we see ourselves or view ourselves in order to be successful. Because as long as we're coming at something from a place of, I don't know if I can do this, we are putting ourselves into this risk zone where we have a potential for failure or um, social um, ineptitude, uh, uh, alienation from the people that we love. And that is going to, there our defense mechanism goes up, our shields go up and, and we go into this protect ourselves situation, which is don't go into that risk zone at all and you'll be safe. Uh, and that really keeps us, keeps us stuck. You know, one of the things that you shared when, uh, when you were giving your, um, your intro, um, is you talked about this idea of, you know, you were, your husband called down to you and said, Hey, it's dinner time. And so I'll be down in a minute. And an hour later, you were still working. I think a lot of people can resonate with that story. But that really leads to two of the biggest things that people are resistant to re recognize or accept when it comes to their business. And I wonder if there's a correlation between this and what you're sharing right now, which is that level of protectionism. And one is um, Parkinson's law, which is that um, given a finite resource, our consumption will expand to consume that entire resource. But looked at differently, what that means is, is that if we restrict the amount of time available to do the job that we're doing, we will be innovative and find a way to get it done because there's less time to do it. Or looked at on the flip side, there's only so many hours in the day. So even if I keep stretching, keep stretching how much I'm willing to work, at some point, you're out of hours. And right. at that point, you're going to be forced to make a decision to do something differently. So 
why not make that decision when you're out of hours at five o'clock instead of bringing work home at night and doing it, doing it, doing the work at night. Furthermore, another thing is that the tenets of business success has always been to employ other people and use their knowledge and use their time to get things done. If we continue to try to do things ourselves, we're trying to rework the nature of the whole idea of what a business is, which is bringing together the power of many to accomplish a certain goal. Um, and I find that a lot of my clients are resistant or afraid or stuck and not willing to bring on additional help. But at the same time, that's the key to success. Sure, you can achieve some level of success as a solopreneur, as a solo lawyer, as a solo business owner. But if you're not willing to expand your time by employing others, that is limited. Even if the limit is $500,000 a year or whatever it is, like you can still have a nice income. But if you want to build something beyond yourself, you can't unless you go beyond yourself. So going back to the question that, that I started with, that I asked you to put a pin into it, what is the, the tactic or how does somebody go about reshaping their identity or overcoming this identity that they're coming from and does is that ident what wh why why is it that business owners think that the key to business is they themselves yeah it's huge so well business owners think that because that's their identity they we, we have been taught to do in this world and that we get because we've done something ourselves. So leveraging team is foreign to most people. They have to learn that. And knowledge, knowledge, having someone who can hold a candle up and say, look, here's the light, here's the knowledge, here's how it works. And then if you're willing to lean into that, if you're willing to trust it and lean into it, things can change dramatically. I want to tell a story uh, briefly about that really emphasizes the point that you're making about ending at 5 p.m. instead of working the 12-hour days. Well, at, at one point, I a few years ago, I, I was like, I'd really love to take Fridays off. I, you know, I would like to work Monday through, through Thursday and have Fridays either as a free day for me to work in the business, but no meetings, no team, nothing. I can just do whatever I want. Or, or those can be free days for me to do anything in my life that I want. And I thought, how the heck am I going to do that? And I had all sorts of stories in my head about the impossibility of that. But I had the desire. And I said, I said earlier, I followed the breadcrumbs of desire. And one of the things that I learned when I really studied how we create in this world, how we achieve the success that we want is that desire is causative. It's one of the the, the laws to, to follow, the, the, the rule book, if you will. Desire is causative. So I had this desire and I knew if the desire is felt, the supply is ready to appear. Like that's possible for me. I just have to figure out a way. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to take Fridays off team. Let's we're I'm taking Fridays off. How do we set up the business so that that works? And they were totally on game on, you know, game for this. They came back with, with suggestions 
And then we rolled it out and it didn't work, of course, right? But mostly because I was attached and then little things that had to be tweaked. But but after a week or two of tweaking, we were good to go. I I only, if I only have four days, my team has to do more, okay? I had to learn how to delegate things that I thought, oh my God, impossible, it's up to me. Now, my self-image, my identity was saying, I have to be the one. My identity was saying, if I, if I want to own the success, I have to be the one that does everything, be the worker bee here. And that, as you know, doesn't, doesn't work. You, you want to give your team credit, but there's no way you'll be able to scale your business if you're doing everything yourself. And if you have an identity that says, I must do the work to to get the credit for the success, to get the credit for the work. You're in an old identity that's get, keeping you stuck at a at a, a limited earning capacity. Same thing with working hours for dollars. Okay. If you're working hours for dollars, that's the same identity. I have to do the work to be get the credit to, to be worthy of receiving that money. Right. And and in law, so often we're you know, lawyers are working by the 10th of the hour, right? You know, and they're very conscious of that. You have to, even if you're you're using that as your billing process, you have to get out of that mentality and know that you can can leverage other people, people's effort. And that is part of your new identity as business owner. You know, it's interesting that you point that out, um, you know, regarding lawyers, because I recently had a conversation with a client where um, she needed to get some stuff done before the end of the year. And I said, well, you know, you can go just go into this marketplace and hire a contractor to do this work for you. And her response to me was, um, that would be unethical for me to charge what I charge my customer and pay what this, you know, what it would cost to, to pay a contractor. Um, and we had to work through that. And I think that that really leads into, you know, where even more of the, the lawyer identity where, where ethics is so much of the, 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 the challenge in, in business growth is needing to recognize that there are a lot of pieces that go into delivering a piece of legal work to a client. So the fact that even if you're charging hourly, the fact that you charge $300 an hour, it's not $300 an hour for your time. It's $300 an hour for the production of an hour of legal work for that customer. The, the legal work that goes into it could be the rent that you're paying for, the marketing that you're paying for to acquire a customer. The receptionist that's answering your phones, when you start putting all those pieces together, that that hour of legal work has to cover all those pieces. So when I think, oh, it's gonna, I'm gonna pay someone else to do that work, and it's gonna be 20% of what I'm billing the customer, or even less, 15% of what I'm billing the customer, it might feel like I'm price gouging them, but they're coming to you because they want a legal solution. They're not coming to you because they want you to find a freelance contractor to do it for them. If they wanted to do that, they could go into the same marketplace you're going into and look for somebody to do that work. So it doesn't matter 
whether you're employing somebody full time or whether you're employing a freelance contractor, we have to get out of the mindset of what I'm billing is for my time. It's not for your yeah. time. It's for what you're able to produce for them in that period of time. And I think yeah, that's a, that's a huge shift um, in in belief and and what we're thinking. Yeah, it's moving from that out dollars for hours mentality to outcome based mentality. Like instead of it being, you know, here here are some. I, I frame this in the through the lens of like the middle class mindset versus the wealthy mindset. And at first, when I, I started to listen and hear people talk about things this way, it really triggered me. I was like, what are you saying? I have a middle-class mindset. And then I was like, oh, I have a middle-class mindset because I was looking at everything from, okay, I'm paying for this number of hours, as opposed to what wealthy people do is that they pay for solutions. If I can get that solution in 10 minutes versus 10 hours or 10 days, I've just saved the most non-renewable resource that that is the most valuable non-renewable research resource, which is time. And so wealthy people will pay for expediting time over the the dollars for hours. If I can get something done in 10 minutes, that just saved me 10 days worth of headaches. I'm willing to pay a premium for that. I don't need to pay you for your hours. If you have that knowledge that you have accrued over the last 10 years of you doing your work in this world, and you have that knowledge at the, 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 your, your fingertips and you can give me the answer quickly. That just, that was worth tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is called being an expert. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Thank you for that explanation. Now, in the green room, before we started, um, we had talked about how uh, people know what they need to do. And um, part of what keeps them from growing is they just don't take that action. I know that a lot of that is tied to this whole identity and belief thing that we've been talking about, where um, there's there's a risk involved. But what what are some other reasons why somebody would know what needs to be done? Like deep down, they know this is the next step I need to do, but yet they're not actually taking that action. They're, there's something preventing them from moving forward. Um, are, could there be other things at play? And where where should they look? Yeah. So so there's two things. I think there's subconscious programming, the subconscious beliefs about ourselves, which is what we were talking about cannot be underestimated oftentimes hard to see yourself because you're in the forest for the trees this is how you've always done things this is what you think is right and good in the world and you've never thought about doing it differently and you don't even know that that's what's keeping you looking through the lens that that, that you're seeing the world in okay so there's that but then there's also a number of things that are just we just have to test them out is it as simple as I just need to get started, right? Like starting the action, testing the waters, saying, I'm just going to do it for 10 minutes. I'm just going to do it today. I'm just going to start, right? Like sometimes it's just, you, you need to be, you need to start the, the activity and realize it's not as hard as you thought it was. The other, the other thing that often happens is a lack of clarity. So someone might tell me, okay, I want to make 
you know, $10 million this year in, in my business and I'm making five, how do I get there? What does that look like? And, and we'll have a conversation and we'll realize that that's an arbitrary number and there's nothing in that that is attached to something that is meaningful to them. So, so getting clear about why you want something, it can be as easy as I would like more profit, right? I'd like to make more money, perfectly legit. Money makes makes it, it easier for you to buy things and do things in this world. So there's oftentimes a lack of clarity around the goal or the desire and the, the reason why, but there's also sometimes a lack of clarity in, okay, well, if we are say expanding the law firm and we're going to change the, in, in, in doing so, we need to conceive of us ourselves differently, but I don't know what that is yet. If you don't have the, the clarity on, on that level, you'll oftentimes do productive procrastination, go work on other things that are really useful, but avoid the thing that you know you need to do because you don't have someone to talk it through with. You don't know know that that you even need that level of clarity or what's missing for you. But once you can can solve for that, sometimes it's how we're gonna do the sales and marketing differently. And you need to think that through. The clarity is so huge in your ability to move forward. So sometimes it's this inner game piece that is the subconscious sabotaging. And sometimes it's this tactical or strategic thinking through to really see what's going to work for you, not just, it can't be one size fits all. It's like, what, what is going to work for me in this moment, in this juncture in time? And, and then I'm going to throw a third one in. I would say that there's something called double binds where you think if I get what I want, I'm going to lose this over here. And they're in conflict with each other. If I grow uh, my business to a $10 million business, I am going to lose the time with my family, right? So you have this double bind where you won't do this thing that you say consciously that you want because you you think it's going to, um, you know, sabotage a, an aspect of your life that's very important to you. So there are things like that as well. So it's clear that if we, you know, do the inner work and and solve the underlying thing that's psychologically preventing us, that that's going to help us move forward. Uh, but a lot of people are not equipped to figure that out. They they don't even think there is a psychological piece uh, until you know sitting in therapy with somebody to work through that. So what is the um, or or can we use tactics? to overcome the psychological reason that I'm not moving forward to get us to move forward. In other words, is there a strategy that you use with clients that would just get somebody taking action, even if there's th those underlying things that are preventing it right now? Yeah, there's, a for me, there's, there's, it's a holistic approach. I have a conversation with someone where you can look at this, help them see and recognize for themselves what's going on. Once, once you own that for yourself and you see what's blocking you, and then we get clarity on the things that might, you know, business tactical strategies that you need clarity on. Once we do those two things, then 
and I get agreement, right? Because if, if, if it's just me talking at you, you're going to say that I didn't agree to that. That wasn't me. So, you know, you have to, as the business owner, have buy-in on what we just discussed and, and be in agreement. And, and this is a very collaborative conversation, right? It's not a top-down kind of conversation. And then once that's happening, then we take action as quickly as possible. Because here's the thing, your subconscious mind will come up and try and get you to stop and 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 deflect you from the decisions that you've made as as soon as it can okay and so in order to 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 have the res- the, the, the breakthrough happens when you have the result before your subconscious can stop you your subconscious has one goal which is to keep you alive and it thinks anything new that you're doing is untested and therefore potentially could kill you therefore don't do it and it will do anything to distract you from that okay from creating chaos in your life fights whatever meltdowns all sorts of things team members leaving so i can't do this i have to do this right all sorts of stuff and and it will all look legitimate it won't look like an illegitimate unreasonable reason to stop it will look legitimate so the 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 thing to do is to take the action as quickly as possible once you have that clarity and then you've survived it and your subconscious goes oh she survived that okay we can do that again and you repeat that again and again and again and you you start creating a new self-image for yourself, a new belief structure about what's possible for you. Awesome. Amira, this has all been really insightful. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. Um, so, um, but I do think, you know, I talk about tactics a lot. I always want to get like the, what's the next thing that we need to do? And I, I find it interesting that, um, and, and not, not, not necessarily interesting. It's insightful to, to talk about the fact that, you know, some of this is just can't be fixed with tactics. You know, if you just, it's kind of like saying, I want to get healthy. So I'm just going to change my routine for my meal. In other words, I'm going to diet, right? And we all know that diets can work for a period of time, but they don't work forever if you don't change the underlying mindset of why you're eating and 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 how you approach food and all that. So if you're missing that piece and you're just implementing a diet, it'll be great. You'll do it for six months. You'll lose some weight and everyone will compliment you. And then all of a sudden, you're done with the diet and you're back to your old ways and boom, you're, you know, you're eating again, everything that's, that's in front of you. So, um, I think this is the same thing where like, if you, if we're just implementing tactics, then we're not actually going to get the result that we need because it'll work for a time. But at some point we're going to go back to our, to our old ways because we haven't fixed the underlying psychological piece of it. Um, and you know, so there's, there's a ton of value, um, in, in being able to do that. Um, is this something that somebody can do on their own without the help of somebody else? So, I mean, clearly this is what you do with your clients and, and to some degree, some aspect I do with my clients. Um, but can somebody 
try to figure this out on their own, work on themselves on their own? Like how, how does that, I mean, personally, I've always struggled with self-reflection and like being able to see things myself. I always need somebody else to shine the light on it and say, you know, of course you're doing this. Look at this, you know, look at what it's costing you. Look at this double bind that's putting you in, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I don't even realize it myself. Um, what are your thoughts on, you know, I need somebody to, to work through this with or, or you, this is something I can do on my own? You know, I'm a real proponent of mentorship that is at a collaborative level. So it's not speaking down to someone and it's not um, almost disabling people. Like I, I love working with people who are actively engaged in their own growth, who, who want to think independently and they do, they come to the conversation saying, okay, I've thought it through like this, this is what I think I'm doing, this is where I'm at. Um, what say you? And then that outside lens is there to help you break through further and see that that piece that you can't see for yourself. And so I would I would answer it's both. Like it, you can't just uh, show up without taking personal responsibility and say, "Hey, coach. Hey, mentor. Help me." I'm helpless. That it, who who wants to live that way? And quite frankly, it doesn't work. You need to have that personal responsibility to lean into that. You have to do your own deep inner work as well as the tactical work and get the help of someone outside of yourself. That's why, you know, the best athletes have coaches, right? The best business people have coaches. And I've, I've invested heavily in my own coaching and it's been just inc an incredible investment that has never failed to help propel me. And so, but that has been also because I'm leaning in and I'm doing the work. So at all levels, you need that. Have I always, always, always had a coach? No, but I've always had people who act like coaches for me. So I know that you're a big proponent of having the right team members on your team. Sometimes it's about hiring the right team members who ask you the right questions. Okay. They may not wear the hat of mentor or coach, but they cause you to think um, in a, in a new way about a problem. So there's a lot of different ways they challenge to go you. about, they challenge you and, and, have you look from a different perspective and, and you need that if you only have your own perspective, that's not enough. And quite frankly, you know, one of the beautiful things that I see in, in my work is we have a, 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 I do private coaching, but I also run a, a group for really, um, you know, entrepreneurial women who are, are really ambitious and want more for them, their lives. We don't just talk about business. We talk about the whole life and, What's beautiful there is how they take a framework of looking at uh, business that I teach and that and they bring their own insights to it. And then they coach each other and having that network of other entrepreneurs to bounce ideas off of is invaluable. It's huge as well. Yeah, yeah I love that. Uh, one of the things that I share uh, with my audience when, um, uh, I'm sorry, with my coaching clients, when they become a member of my coaching program is I send them some books. And one of the books that I send them is uh, by Michael Hyatt and Daniel Harkavy, and it's called Living Forward. Um, and that book, the whole concept of it is basically that you have to approach every domain of your life with a plan. 
Um, you have to know what you want the outcome to be so that you can be intentional with setting that outcome. And I think when we look back at, at our conversation today, you know, everything that you need to do to get out of your own way requires you to be clear about what it is that you want. Um, you know, you had mentioned the story of, you know, somebody wanting to get from $5 million to $10 million, but realizing it's an arbitrary number that they chose. And, you know, that's really at the end of the day, it boils down to what's in it for me. Am I motivated enough to figure out a way to get this? And when I can turn, I mean, that's why some people use vision boards and they, you know, to, to, to kind of visualize what the goal is going to get them. Um, because when it's real, when, when the action I need to take, or if I don't take this action, it's going to prevent me from, from getting this. And this could be the, the Porsche or Lamborghini I want to drive, or it could be the vacation home I want to buy, or even the primary residence I want to buy. Um, or it's my retirement, or it's my kid's college, or whatever it is that that motivation is about. Um, I think that all of this starts with you actually having a destination that you want to get to. Um, and without having clarity around that, it becomes very difficult to figure out what's clouding your judgment and why are you stuck and where you know uh, where you need to go. And even even hiring a mentor or a coach to help you get there, if you don't know that you need to get there, then you don't know you need help to get there, right? So um, if nothing else, when you're done listening to this episode, sit down and just question for like five minutes, what is it that I want? What am I after? Am I just showing up to show up? Or is there something bigger or better that I'm trying to achieve? And ultimately, I mean, a lot of us don't even know. And some of us, even when we do know, it's a moving target, right? So today, this is what I want. But ask me to 18 months from now, it's complete, something completely different. So we have to completely uh, uh, reacquaint ourselves with that regularly, maybe every 12 months, maybe every 18 months, maybe every two years, whatever it is, to really figure out and know where we're going. Um, Amira, this has been a great conversation. And I want to close out the show with two things. Number one, what is one parting piece of advice or wisdom that you have to share with our audience? Number two, how can they get in touch with you if this is something, you know, they, they connected with you, they, they, under, they like what you have to say, they want to know about working with you or they want to learn more about what you have to offer. Where can we send them? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what I want to leave people with is this idea of an expanded life that we get to have a really, uh, incredibly broad and expanded life. And although we do have to use our attention to focus on particular goals or things we want to achieve, there's this breath that we, we want. And we've been told we can be anything we want to be, but we can't have it all. And I think that's not true. I think we can. And there's a way to achieve that, that breath, that exquisite life that we desire and to have that to your point as the desire then then that really calls you forward and oftentimes that is is far from the business tactics and it's more about the life that i want to lead so another another way of looking at that and then in terms of uh where people can find uh me and the company the unstoppable woman we have best place, two best places. Uh, we have a podcast called the Unstoppable Woman Podcast, where we explore what it what it's like to 
uh, have ambition as a female entrepreneur and uh, person in corporate and and what it means to do that while creating this exquisite life. So that's the, the podcast. And we have some great guests on that as well and do some teaching there. And then our website is the unstoppablewoman.com. And we have lots of material there. So both of those places are great places to find us. I'm on social as well, if you like that. Awesome. Uh, folks, we're going to link up all of that in our show notes, which you can find in the description of your podcast player, as well as at profitwithlaw.com, a completely newly revamped website where you can find all of the best ways to work with us, uh, our free resources. We have our podcast. We also have a YouTube channel. If you if you don't know about it, uh, launched in the beginning of in March of 2023, uh, really um, gaining some traction there. But there's also exclusive content there that's not here on the podcast podcast. Uh, my team has been doing an incredible job with YouTube shorts. So they're basically taking snippets of information and putting it out there. And you can really gain a lot from just like 60 seconds on YouTube or 90 seconds on YouTube. Uh, really love it. And if when you subscribe to the channel, you choose to have it notify you when uh, we post new content, uh, you'll start getting those notifications. And we've been pretty good about putting some stuff out there pretty regularly. So uh, excited about that. If you've been listening to the show for a while and you have not yet left us a review, guess what? People decide whether they want to come and listen by reading and looking at those ratings and reviews. We would love it if you took two minutes of your time to just go give us some stars, write a little description, uh, what you find valuable about the show. Uh, we'd love to have you uh, leave that for us and help the next person who's evaluating whether they want to come and listen. We're here every single week with brand new content, amazing guests, just like Amira coming and sharing their knowledge, their expertise, and helping you become a better person, a better business owner, uh, and all around uh, elevating you, uh, helping you get to where, you, where you're trying to go. So I uh, had a great conversation today with Amira. Really appreciate you being here. And folks, we'll catch you at the very next episode take care. That's it for this week's episode of Profit With Law. If you have enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with at least one person. Imagine how many lives we can change if we each shared this episode. Another way to share the episode is on social media. We appreciate your support and look forward to you joining us again next week.